This is Our Anxiety Stories, the Anxiety Canada podcast with John Bacon. This is the place where people from all walks of life share their anxiety stories to remind you that you are not alone. If you have an anxiety story you'd like to share, contact us at anxietycanada.com slash ouranxietystories. Hello, my name is John Bateman. This is Our Anxiety Stories, the Anxiety Canada podcast, which can be found at anxietycanada.com. My guest today is Marianne Booth. She's the former mayor of West Vancouver and a former lawyer. Welcome, Marianne. Thank you, John. Wonderful to have you here. Glad to be here. Podcast is our anxiety stories. What's your anxiety story? Well, um, it started in 2018, and I had a very robust and a uh, long election campaign. Right. And oh my gosh, we pulled out all the stops and we did like 10 events and it was just go, 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 So go. your 2018, it was when you started your yeah. term. Yeah. In, oh, that was my, that was the election period. So gotcha. I was a counselor. So okay. That's the campaign. Okay. And uh, campaigns are quite different than the job. So, um, but in running for mayor is a big deal. Mm-hmm. And my team and I took it really seriously and... Like I said, we did all these events and, um, you know, as a former courtroom lawyer, I love, you know, public speaking. I don't have a problem with, uh, I presenting, debating, um, being kind of on stage Mm. and also coping with stress, like going into court, you have to be on. I know I was in some time when I was in, um, provincial court, you're running like six trials in a day you're interviewing witnesses in the morning that you've never met before and you're running them and and it's like you're on it's crazy wow um and this was a bit like that and um so i did it and i was i mean i know that physiologically i was different by you know by the thanksgiving of that year but just Mm -hmm. before the election because my daughter came to visit uh, and to be there for the election. And I was kind of off the ceiling on adrenaline and yeah. cortisol. Like, I, I remember my husband saying to my daughter, your mom is not quite herself. Like, I was so pumped up. I could feel, like, just blood coursing Would through. you describe it as what you would know as being manic or hypomanic? Like... Um, in that, I don't want to say that yeah. as being a bad, because manic gets a yes. bad rap, but you probably. were definitely elevated and yeah, probably. Yeah. And just really wound up. Yeah. And, um, at the height of it, like, you know, we're in the thick of the election, it's, we're down to the wire. And, um, I just remember noticing that I felt like I could just feel stuff coursing through my legs and mm-hmm. all a buzz and, um, and uh, you know, I was, even at that point, um, kind of tr- taking some, you know, medication to just kind of ca- be calm, right? right? Just yeah. to be calm. Like if mm-hmm. you get on a plane, you take an Ativan yeah, or whatever, yeah, right? For sure. And, um, and then I won, which was fabulous, right? Um, just so you would have gotten an injection of, uh, of some of those dopamine and some of those good chemicals at yeah, that point. For yeah, for sure. Although I only won by 21 votes, so I was really surprised. 
Wow. After being in office for 13 years, my opponent came in a month before. Um, we virtually had the same resume, although he'd been mayor in the 90s. And um, I was um, disappointed, actually. Yeah, right. After Interesting. running this long, really incredible campaign, I was I was disappointed. And um, But, you know, moved on. Christmas came, got sworn in. It was all good. And then the January, mm-hmm. I crashed physically. Okay. And people had been saying to me, wow, Marianne, it's incredible that you're able to, you were able to do all this stuff. Mm-hmm. You, you don't seem stressed at all. You don't seem nervous at all. And I was like, yeah, I guess I'm, you know, I just absorb it. I had and, a And you career. weren't feeling anything as far as you knew at that point. Yeah. Except for just, like I said, a little like hyped up. Yeah, I knew I was electricity or something generating yeah. um, adrenaline and cortisol. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. you know, I knew enough to know that, wow, this is not really... But you know what? After this is done, I'll get mm. back to normal. And um, but then I honestly, I remember Christmas was good. You know, you're getting through Christmas, and then January, I literally crashed. And um, I remember saying to my husband, "What have I done? Right? What have I done? Mm-hmm. Like I can't do this. I can't be mayor." <laughs> oh God! And my husband was like, "Wow!" And my best friend was like well, maybe you can quit. And I said, no, no, I can't quit. <laughs> no. yeah. And But honestly, I just remember that period of um, physically just crashing, um, lost my confidence, just... Describe a, fr- a physical crash to me. I, what, what does that feel like for you? Um, it, it just felt like fear. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, and actually, you know, you asked me earlier whether it was a big jump to go from council to mayor. Yeah, and yeah. Um, yeah, I think it was. I think the reality of the job then, you're celebrating the election mm-hmm. and the victory and yeah. your team and you're having a party. It was and, a honeymoon phase, I guess. Exactly. And then you get into the office and there was no system set up. And I had a brand new assistant who had never been. Wow. Okay. And so the both of us were learning and the other thing is, too, which um, I can't forget, is that as a lawyer, I've always managed my, my, all my affairs myself. Like, right. you don't have assistants. And I had to turn over control to my assistant, who actually helped me on the campaign. She was my assistant on the campaign on a volunteer basis. She was amazing. Yeah. That's why I hired her. Yeah. And I turned over control to my emails, to my filing, to my schedule. Three things that I had always done myself. And so that, so you doing it yourself, like that sense of control probably really helped you guard your stress and guard your anxiety Absolutely. at that point. That's, yeah. I think, my whole career, how I've managed stress yeah. is, you know, the neat office, everything in control, you know where everything is, you have a plan, everything's orderly, that's my environment. Yeah. And I get into the new office and my assistant's now like, okay, now I need something to do and I'm going to do this for you and I'm going to do this. Honestly, she was loving it. She's like, isn't this the best? (laughs) And I said to her, I'm glad one of us is having a good time because I was not. It also means she doesn't really have to control her life as much. She can control your life and it's, you know, the ramifications aren't the same as, as it is. So... 
Yeah. So what what was that like? Like, did you is that something you got used to that? Because you're, you, you know, as a lawyer, I'm assuming you have a, a, a great deal of control in what you're doing. And then all of a sudden you're giving that control to somebody else, which causes people a lot of anxiety. That's that's why you you hear about people with anxiety when they're on airplanes, because they're giving the control over to people they don't know. So how did you did did you cope with that? Did you change the system? How did that how did that original at the beginning? I wasn't coping well at all. Uh, the other thing is um, you're actually having to create your job and figure out okay what does the mayor do because the mayor doesn't just respond to all the emails and do the filing and yeah. do the ca- your calendar, which was a huge part you're of my job. Dying to do that at that point. Well, <laughs> I have to say once I mean. The volume of emails, even as a counselor, was not my favorite part of the job. Right. And it always hung over my head. So once I, so during that period of transition, handing over control was horrible. Mm -hmm. It was like um, without a safety net. You know, it it was like being, you know, on a trapeze without a safety net. Yeah, yeah. And literally, like, I'd want to try to find a piece of paper, a file, and I couldn't because I wasn't filing anymore. You weren't in the know anymore. And it, it just, it caused me an incredible amount of anxiety for, mm-hmm. and so I think that, uh, loss of control mm-hmm. plus the, maybe the exhaustion and, you know, mm-hmm. that it happened and the stress. Well, such a build, 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 build. Yeah. I could see it happening. So the, yeah, that was, um, you know, my assistant was fantastic and, um, I think during that period, I did start going, well, this is good. Like, so you started actually growing into it. I did. You got used to it. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, I think that by kind of spring, March, I was starting to, okay, I kind of can relax. Like, I think also, and this is maybe a gender thing. You always hear this about women. They always feel they have to be 110% qualified right, before right. they'll even go for a job. Right. And men will be like 25% qualified. And they're <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I could do that. Yeah. And we're just like not programmed the same, I don't no, think. No, I agree. Yeah. And so um, you do have some doubt about what have I done? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. So as a woman now in a position of power in a traditionally male um Let's face it, probably, I don't know how many female mayors there were in West Van previous to you. Um, you know, how, do you, how did you deal with the anxiety around that? And like, what, what did you change? And did you change anything in your environment? Did you change the way you think? Did you change the way you approach people to, to, to sort of, you know, in a way, battle that stigma? Yeah. Um, so one of the, there was a few things that happened, right? And politically, there was a, Beeline, you may have followed that. It was mm. a big controversy in West Van, mm-hmm. bringing mm-hmm. Um, rapid transit into West Vancouver, and um, and then there was a infrastructure project we were doing, and I was getting some um, pretty angry men, yeah, calling me up, yeah, and you know sometimes people say what you know. There's just something about her, you know, she's sort of, you know, not use the B word. Mm-hmm. Um, some of that is survival. Like, you have a choice when a bully calls you. Yeah. You kind of, you know, ca- um, cave. Yeah. Or you, you feel like, 
I got to stand up to this person. So there was a bit of that testing. Well, I believe some of that is survival, but I also believe some of that is a double standard that exists where women to a man and a woman on a very same trajectory get very different monikers. Women are negative monikers and men are empowered monikers. Mm -hmm. So you had to, you had to deal mm -hmm. with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you're sort of trying to establish, yeah, what your persona is going to be. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I'm a respectful, compassionate, a caring person, mm -hmm. a nice person. Mm -hmm. Um, but you also have to be a leader yeah. and, um, yeah. so that, yeah, that, so that period continued of got, got kind of better and, but still the confidence and the physiological, mm -hmm. um, piece was there. Like I could tell that I still didn't have the confidence. Tell me a bit about that uh, because, you know, you talked about the physiological piece and you, and I, I always like to get into the nuts and bolts of physiologically and how it's affected by our psychology. And, and it sounds like you know something about chemicals and bodies. You're talking about cortisol, you know, you're talking about adrenaline, you're talking about those things. Um, tell me a little bit about what that, the physiologically, like what that felt like for you. Because obviously you talk about a dip in confidence. You know, here you are a prosecutor, you're used to a lot of confidence, projecting a lot of confidence. What did that dip feel like for you? Physically, what did it feel like for you? And then you know, part B, emotionally, what did that feel like for you? And I'd never felt this before. Really? F physically at physically, this point? Well, and, I'd never, yeah, I'd never, yeah. well, definitely physiologically. I yeah. was literally having tingling and, okay, in yeah. my legs that would yeah. kind of go up. And it happened when I would have a thought about a stressful situation or, you know, what I had to do or whatever. Yeah. And I would just... Before where I would, you kind of ruminate just in your head, yeah. I could feel my body uh, um, reacting. And I, I didn't think, from what I knew about cortisol and mm -hmm. adrenaline, I didn't think having that feeling was healthy for me. Right. Yeah. Having that on a sustained basis was gonna was good for me physically. I did not think that was a good thing. Did you have an idea? that the two were connected? Like, I mean, I guess there's physically, there's cause and effect you have going on. You have a thought mentally and then the physical effect you have, but were you still connecting it to anxiety? Were you connecting it to that at that point? These, these physical feelings you were having? I think I was identifying it as anxiety because I remember saying to my, like, you know, the first couple months were quite horrible because I really... So it's like, I can't do this, yeah, yeah. you know, and that's not a good place to be. Yeah. Um, but then I started saying to my husband, you know, I know what I'm feeling. And actually, you know what I said? I'm, I'm kind of glad to be feeling this because I knew a lot of people that struggled with anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. Even in my own family, friends. Mm -hmm. And until you've experienced it, you yeah. don't really appreciate it. So do you feel that up to your empathy in, the, in those situations? Very much. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, that's why I'm doing this because yeah. I, I really think, wow, this is good that I have gotten to experience this so that I can understand what other people are going through. It's always interesting talking to people who have, a lot of people who deal with anxiety have their epiphany about this is anxiety. I had mine when I was very young. 
but here you've gone through this whole thing and and you know it, it's interesting that you it, it doesn't surprise me because obviously you know like we've talked about you you um you're an observer of people and you you have to be to be in your discipline um so it you know how how was that how was that transition for you to finally you said that was like a relief when you finally felt it you know because you were able to engage more with people around you what was that I don't think it was a relief I think I was I was kind of going up and down a little bit sort of okay am I gonna feel better I feel a bit better oh you know I'm still not myself I'm still not myself Um, I remember going to a meeting at the Port of Vancouver and walking into a room and just not feeling myself you look in the room and you're like Everybody else is here is smarter than me. What am right. I doing Interesting. here? And that was, you know, that was early on in my term and just feeling um, not myself like, yeah. Yeah. So um, that that's, I mean, you, you know, what you're talking about is one of what we call a thinking trap, um, which is mind reading, uh, you know, or fortune telling, trying, you know, assuming that everybody's smarter and assuming that, and assuming that you're the for lack of a better, the beta in the room, you know, or maybe there's some imposter syndrome in there too. Absolutely. And you felt that as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so how, you know, having all those emotions going into these high level meetings, how did you deal with that? How did you present yourself? What steps did you take to kind of get over that hump? Because obviously you had to go into the meeting. You can't turn around and run back home. Um, how, how did, what was your mindset when you finally would have to get in there? Because something pushed you in there. Yeah, well, it was just like going to court or, you know, you just go, okay, I'm going to just do this. Um, Make small talk, um, sit at the table. I mean, as a new mayor, you don't have to talk. That's okay. You know, it's good to just learn and listen. And and that was a bit of a saving grace because you can go to meetings and don't have to say a lot. Um, But you're really, I mean, you're also, aside from being mayor, you're also now at the TransLink table, you're at the Metro table, you're chair mm. of the police board. You have about four hats, that, new hats wow. that you're wearing. And they're, none of them, all of them could be full-time jobs on in and of themselves. Yeah. So it's <laughs> no wonder that you, you know, I had these self-doubts and no wonder that I was having a manifestation of the, the stress because yeah. literally it's like, okay, well, here's your binder for Friday, yep. thousand pages, uh, get ready for your meeting on Friday where you're going to have to vote. N- no, I'm saying no to that immediately. <laughs> but, but here, but here it is. This is where I'm, I'm very curious mm-hmm. because, um, I've often said that, you know, I've gotten through a lot of my mental health challenges because of this character attribute. And I think it's important and it's stubbornness. And for me, it's like stubbornness to, stick with what I've got. I know I have this. I know this is terrible. I know this is uncomfortable and just stubbornly go through it. Do you feel there's characteristics in your personality? Maybe it's stubbornness. Maybe it's not that because you mentioned a tool already, which was making, okay, I'm going to go in. I'll make small talk first. I'll do what's comfortable. You obviously have these, the set of things that works for you. So there's just some par- character, some characteristics that kind of kept you going because anxiety as you know, is paralyzing. I've been paralyzed before for months and months and months and months, and you didn't have that luxury. So it's really interesting to know like what kind of characteristics you bring when you go in that gets you past because it's important for people to know because it's, it's important to nurture some of these characteristics in ourselves too. 
so yeah, I think you've again as we ha- ha- have this discussion, I'm discovering some of these things on the spot, but mm. uh, resilience for sure. I've right just recently come to that realization through this campaign, which was much more enjoyable, um, even though I lost. Um, <laughs> but also, you draw on your all those times and. Every time I switched jobs, yeah. which I did voluntarily, a lot. I was on a huge learning curve, which I loved or I thought I needed. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was always the first six months where I was like, oh, my God, what have I done? But then I loved it. So I think I just drew on that and said, and also the worst thing or maybe the best thing that people can say to me is, oh, you can't do that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. cause even my career path, no one would do that in law to go from civil litigation to teaching business law, right. to practicing criminal law, to practicing commercial law. Yeah. Along the way, yeah. a lot of people said, you can't do that. Of you can't course. go from that to that, to that. Yeah. And, um, so I, I guess, yeah, his, I did think you can get through this, but I had never felt the st- strain mm-hmm. as much physically that I had felt before. And I did say to my husband, okay, the next time I say I'm going to switch careers, please <laughs> stop me because I think there's a point when, yeah, there's diminishing returns. That, But that kind of thing is important on that that. You know, having somebody that you can talk to is important. It's, you've mentioned your husband a couple of times, so obviously there's something there. Um, but it's also important within our within creating our support system around mental health um, that we have somebody who can keep tabs on us in a little bit. And I don't think there's anything wrong with you saying, "Hey, double check me," because you know it sounds like you are a person. Uh, you are obviously a person of power, right? And you are not somebody who doesn't want to be, you know, my, my daughter who's 20 now, her, her, her mantra is like, don't tell me no, right? I, you can say I can't do this and it gives me more fuel to prove I can. Um, but to have people that are, that are around that kind of check on you. And I think that's fair. Like, I think it's fair to say to people, your husband who's part of your support system, hey, you know, don't let me do this again. But that was... Bef- that was after you decided you were going to run for mayor again? <laughs> that was after, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, and have you done, do you do, did you do anything else that that was in service to your anxiety? Like, you know, you, you tackle things head on. And and did you tackle your anxiety or mental health struggles, struggles the same way? It, was it head on? Did you change anything within your lifestyle? Mm-hmm. What kind of things did you change? So even, I guess now when I reflect, even during the campaign, I was starting to tap out. Mm. Um, and so, um, and this adrenaline, like I had some good advice and some good, so I know I had people that say, okay, you got to go work this off at the gym. And that made me feel really be- better physically. Right. Because there's just these chemicals, right? And you, yeah. And then I also... Um, one of my best friends is a mindfulness yoga teacher. Mm-hmm. And so she started giving me private mindfulness sessions and yoga mm-hmm. so that I could kind of live in the moment. Yeah. And that was really helpful Yeah, um, as well. 
and I continued to do those after I got elected. And so that was, and just recognizing the importance of physical activity mm-hmm. as well. Exercise, I work out with a trainer. I still do yeah. for a long time. The other thing is that I was physically in the best shape. I could not have done that, you know, 10 month marathon. Right. But I have been working out with a trainer since you know, 1998 wow, for okay. 20, almost 25 years. So, yep. um, I had really good physical strength mm-hmm. and endurance and Those stamina. Those foundations are important when you're facing physical and mental health challenges. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can, and can I you, also you... am one that if I figure something's wrong, I do something about it. Yeah. Yeah. Right well, away. taking action mm-hmm. and I'm the same way. Um, and it's hard when people are in the middle of anxiety or things. It's, it's hard for them to do that. But action doesn't have to be running for mayor. Um, action <laughs> can be something else. I'm curious. I want to double back to this nebulous thing we called mindfulness. Um, do you practice mindfulness? Is it like a daily thing? And can you explain to me a little bit how you practice it? Because I practice it in a different way, but I would like, to, or, or in my own way. But I'd like to know how you practice it. So yeah, I've done. I wouldn't say I am a. Um, I was going to say religious or regular meditator. Yeah. Um, although I do think my meditation might be different than other people's. I, and this is an important point that yeah. I want to get to. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like golf might be my meditation. It's, I can't, it's mindful I can't, as well. Like you you got to get out of your brain when you're golfing. Yeah. I mean, it is a mental game, but, yeah. um, and I recognize how important it is. Now, unfortunately, campaigning and being mayor they're the opposite of mindfulness. You are living constantly in the next hour, the next day, wow. what's on my calendar, constantly. Which like, is definition of anxiety, your future living. And, and I, you're getting through all kinds of scenarios and what ifs. Right? And you're changing. Like yeah. I would have eight meetings in a day and I would be changing hats, changing topics wow, like that. And you may have a kind of down meeting and then you have to go into a really good meeting because now you're handing out an award for someone and you got to bring that now again being in court taught me a lot of that like switch and I actually thrived on it like switching gears and took pride in the fact that I could make decisions and change I do a media interview I'd go to an awards thing then I'd have to do you know a council meeting and I'd have to go to metro and like you are oh my gosh you it's fantastic. Yeah. I loved my yeah. job. Yeah. Once I dealt with the first nine months. Yeah. After I got kind of, okay, an assistant is a good thing. Yeah. And look at what she can do for me. And you can do this job. Actually, you do bring value to these conversations. I think that's a really important lesson to learn for people. Um, that, it, you know, we're are increasingly, increasingly, we're in an instant gratification thing. And with mental health, too, I mean, I had to learn there's a beginning, a middle, and an end to any kind of crises or episode. And reminding yourself, and it sounds like you do, you did that. You Even you knew, I've been in new jobs before, I'm going to project to the end, and it's going to be okay in six, eight months. Mental health, I've, I approach the same way, because I have dips. My, my trick is to, not, is to mitigate them, to not have one that goes down to zero and then up to a hundred is to keep them kind of smooth dips. So it sounds like you already had these tools in place previously and you're able to do that, but it's a really important lesson for people to learn that. And it's 
within their own world. It's, it doesn't have to be this high-flying, high-energy world that you run in. You know, you, you must have to do it. So yeah, so, so sorry, doubling back to mindfulness again. Is it a practice? You do, is it something yes. that you sit down, I'm going to, you know, be mindful? Absolutely. Okay. I really believe in it. I, I believe that our Western culture is desperate for it. We're, we're at a, you know, a tipping point. Um, and, and so I uh, resolved in my job, once I got to a place where I could actually function properly and mm-hmm. was starting to get happy, um, I resolved every day I was going to enjoy the journey because yeah. it could be over. Like yeah. you live and die by the sword as a politician. And so when you walk out on the street, you live and die by the, you just don't know. Yeah. So you're right. Well, yeah. also the term, yeah. like you could be out, which yeah. I was. And yeah. I take a great deal of comfort in the fact that uh, it was hard and I worked super hard but every single moment if you can believe it i knew this was part of the journey and to enjoy it so your mindfulness is bringing you back into the moment at the moment at the moment yeah mm-hmm. right yeah whether no like they say whether you're savoring a bite of yeah. food you're walking out you're looking up where you are you're not just so okay true. i got this meeting to go to so true you're when you're with someone yeah. you're like you know what I get yeah. such joy. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is a really Here cool moment. Here we are moment. now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, I have a book of mindfulness. Yeah. I, yeah, I really believe in it. And oh, oh, okay. So now I want to get into the crux. I want, mm-hmm. Now this is the crux of it, but now I'm really curious yeah. because you've had several occupations. You've had several transitions. Transitions are difficult for people. Um, difficult for me. Transitioning from my home to coming here and interviewing this is a difficult transition. But you're transitioning into a different part of your life now. You're, for all intents and purposes, retired. How are you handling this as you're moving into this? Because you're just freshly not mayor anymore. You've just, as you said, lost an election. How are you moving into that transition? You know, emotionally, what are you doing? And physically, what are you doing to, to help yourself get there? And, you know, do you have plans? you have big plans? Like, how, do you, how are you navigating this? So... Yeah, this is a real test of, again, resilience. And um, I mean, I did not expect to lose, which is probably a good thing, because if you did, it'd be hard to work really hard to win, right? You've got to want to win. You can't be afraid to lose. And even though I paid lip service to losing, I constantly said I could lose, got to be ready for it until you lose. And again, I was totally shocked as were a lot of people Mm -hmm. um and then you you do have to go through this period of mourning really and and honestly i looked up you know the seven stages of grief and the first one was shock and denial and literally when i'd wake up in the morning i would think am i was that a dream or am i not married and i'd go oh my gosh i'm not married anymore (laughs) yeah yeah and you cannot just skip ahead to the happiness you kind of go if only if only. And, you know, it was like, okay, first of all, you have, you have to understand what happened. Mm-hmm. And that, again, and study people and study what happened and really reflect and look at the community. You start here at the campaign level and you start going up and then you kind of get at the big picture and you, mm-hmm. you start, which is a good thing because you're so down here in your community and the details, 
sometimes don't see the forest for the trees, right? Yeah. So you got to, and then, and I took a little bit of a vacation, which was perfect. I had a plan before I went away or yep, before yep. I ran. And, you know, I spent kind of half reflecting. And then the positive is I started thinking about the future. Right. Yeah. And, and I, contrary to what I always want to do and I'm fighting it, I'm not planning. I, I actually want to have a period of discomfort. Are you planning to not plan? Is that mm-hmm. what you're doing? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but that's something. That's something. And, and I putting put, yourself in discomfort. I've put something. discipline things in place because I'm mm. going to be going to Europe next year, England. I'm going to live there for a couple of months. But you still obviously have a thread in your life, like a, a routine, for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. Like you obviously work out. Mm-hmm. Maybe you play golf, mm-hmm. you have social, mm-hmm. you have all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think that thread is important for mm-hmm. continuity mm-hmm. within those transitions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I have... But you're, you're, you're doubling down. Like you're, you know, you, because you're, you're, you're not mayor and you're retiring and you're risking, you know, you, you know, it's, it's, a, it's sort of a big, it's what it is, is a testament to your confidence and not being confident if that it's an oxymoron, but you know what I mean? Well, you know, my, again, my friend, um, Lucy, um, mm-hmm. she's the mindfulness. She was asking me, so how does this feel for you? And I'm like, you know, I'm relieved. My biggest fear is is not being busy, not yeah. having, you know, a reason to kind of get up in the morning or not. I've always had that. I've always been planning. I've always been working. She's like, is it, it's okay to be like that. You know, so you might have down moments. Yeah. Embrace those. You say, mm-hmm. okay, I'm feelings of discomfort are not bad things. And yeah. that's, I think, where we have to get to. That's human. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the illusion, and, and probably people viewing you from the outside, there's this illusion of she's always good, she's always good, she's always got it, she's always under control. Absolutely. And, but, you know, you speaking to me today, it's just so incredibly valuable for those people who are reading that in you and they think that's true and then they're getting the truth from you. It's, it's an incredible gift to give to people so they know, um, yeah, even the most highly functioning, successful people are going through it too. Yeah, and that's why I think it's important for people in positions like mine, mm-hmm. community leaders, to show courage and do this. Yeah. It's super hard. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've done it a few. Well, a lot of my job was taking positions that maybe weren't popular. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't know how they're going to be uh, um, accepted or received. But I really believe that is leadership. Yeah. That yeah. and community leaders have a even more of an obligation to do this because with decisions I've made in the past, I've seen it gives permission for others to follow you. Exactly. And it's also, I found when I first started becoming transparent with my mental health struggles, it, it helped me a lot. It was like therapy too. And so what you're doing in your new path, I can't explain how valuable it is and how many people you're really going to affect positively doing this. Thank you so much for taking the time. Your story is incredible. And I can't wait to see what you're doing next. And I I would love to talk to you more sometime. That would be fabulous. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Okay. 
Thank you for listening to our anxiety stories. If you'd like to support this podcast or Anxiety Canada, go to anxietycanada.com.